you want to be better equipped to serve the church? At Reformed Theological Seminary, you'll be mentored by faculty committed to the inerrant Word of God, Reformed theology, and the growth of their students. Degree programs in biblical studies, theology, pastoral ministry, and counseling are offered in residential, hybrid, and online formats, making theological education more accessible than ever. Cultivate a mind for truth, a heart for God, and a life for ministry. Learn more at rts.edu. rts.edu. Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, part of the Rooted family of podcasts. Here, you will find conversations and resources that help youth ministers center their ministry in the gospel and disciple their students into lifelong faith in Jesus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, and I'm your host, Danny Kwan. I'm excited we can spend some time together to talk about gospel-centered youth ministry. And today we're continuing in our new season and series, Hope and Perseverance in Youth Ministry. And especially as we have started out the new school year, thinking about hope in ministry, some new hopes as the fall season has started for us in ministry, but also thinking about how we can persevere and overcome some of the ups and downs of youth ministry. And today, I'm here with our uh, guest, Emmy Thompson. She's a youth pastor, a middle school director at Lookout Mountain Presbyterian Church in Tennessee, outside Chattanooga. And she's been there for many years, serving the church. She's also an adjunct professor of youth ministry at Covenant College. So let me introduce Emmy. And Emmy, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, Danny. Um, I also currently serve on top of as an adjunct professor and middle school co-director, which I deeply love. It's my heart. Um, I also serve on the PCA's um, Center for Discipleship Ministry or Committee for Discipleship Ministries, and I've been helping put together a certification team um, for any youth leaders working in any capacity, whether you're full-time been working for decades as a youth pastor, youth leader, or just a new volunteer um, youth leader at your church. Um, we've put together this certification program to um, equip, empower, and connect um, youth leaders um, around the U.S. Um, to think about their um, calling um, and context within the church, um, train them theologically, and just equip them with all the crazy things that you didn't realize you signed up for when you do youth ministry. Um, so I've been working on that as well this past year. Um, and it's been a gift to be a part of that team as well. Oh, that's so. awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, you're a practitioner, you serve in youth ministry in the local church, you train youth workers at Covenant College and through this PCA Presbyterian Church in America certification program. So thinking about, youth workers and yourself as a youth worker, um, you know, as the new year has started, the new school year, um, what hopes does the new school year bring for you as a youth pastor? And what are some things that you look forward to yearly as summer rolls into fall and early winter? Mm. Um, I love that question. Um, and it's 
my hopes are fresh in my heart because of we just started our fall calendar. And this year is different in particular for me because I have a new co-director. Mm-hmm. Um, he's bringing, um, brings a lot of life and new perspective into our ministry that's greatly valued. Um, and a part of that, what I'm always most excited about for the school year is forming and beginning our small group ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that begins always every September. And we put a lot weeks of prayer and prep time and training students and leaders um, to come together in small groups, about six to nine um, students um, in my context, middle schoolers. We also do it in our high school ministry as well, um, where they meet every week with leaders. Um, and for us, we have adult and high school leaders coming together because we really value the intergenerational um, aspect of youth ministry. Um, and it's centered on God's word and prayer and just doing life together, mm-hmm. uh, sharing highs and lows where they've seen Jesus, where they've needed Jesus, and um, encouraging them to bear witness to one another as we walk through just life's um, peaks and valleys and seeing the Lord's presence um, in and through all of that. And that's something that in the business of the school year, you know, we lose sight of. So um, that's something that we've shifted slightly as a middle school ministry this year. And that's something I'm really excited to um, kind of roll out. We actually start this Sunday, my middle school small group will be this Sunday. And I'm very excited to see what the Lord will do um, in and through those things, because it's it's played a huge role in my personal life as well. So um, that's that's my biggest hope and excitement this year in particular, but also, frankly, every year as summer ends and the fall comes around. So, so Rooted emphasizes five pillars for youth ministry, gospel centrality, theological depth, relational discipleship, partnering with parents, and intergenerational integration. And I know small groups is a lot about relational discipleship, but I noticed you mentioned the intergenerational integration Uh, aspect of it. Can you uh speak a little bit on that and why that's so hopeful to you and what do you hope hope to see in your youth youth ministry and middle schoolers with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love those pillars and they're all deeply important, but the intergenerational integration is something that um, stood out to me recently is something we've really tried to work towards for our small group kind of model. And that is, um, so at least in middle school ministry, we have a group of middle schoolers um, and an adult leader. So someone who's older college or post-college, um, we have leaders up until their thirties, um, as well as we give adult those adult leaders a high school volunteer or two a junior or senior in high school mm. um who has either expressed interest in serving or that we have um whether myself or my high school um director counterparts um just see giftedness in and a heart for others and god's word um so we have we try to integrate um adults um which includes again w- you know working full-time um adults moms college students and high school students coming alongside these middle schoolers um, to just listen for that, listen to them, pray for them. Um, And really the purpose of that being, especially, I mean, the high school volunteer and college volunteer piece is so important for us because it really is showing middle schoolers how, what being a high school Christian looks like. Um, And they see that embodied um, in a way that is incredibly impactful that just the way the spirit uses, um, uses us. Um, that's something that, um, we've been really, in, um, following suit of, um, 
first, I think it's first Timothy five, one, it could be second Timothy where Paul's addressing the church. And he talks about how we as a church are supposed to um, relate to one another as older brothers and sisters and take yeah. care of our older brothers and sisters and also our younger brothers and sisters um, in each stage of life. And that's something that we're trying to um, model and um, pursue after in, a, in the way we structure that in particular. Um, Cause not only, I mean, the high schoolers often are with college leaders or adults yeah. and just like the middle schoolers are being discipled. And what does it look like to be a faithful follower of Jesus in a few years um, as a college student um, or even post-college. So um, it's this beautiful kind of trickle down um, model. Whether and that's, that's, no, that's really, really but, great that, uh, you know, when we think about intergenerational integration, we mm. often think of it as just adults to students mm. having this kind of, you know, peer kind of a little bit older peer mm -hmm. um, high school to middle school kind of intergenerational integration, mm -hmm. which is, I think, very unique and different. And is there any kind of uh, tips or advice you might give to youth workers who might consider intergenerational integration amongst mm -hmm. high school to middle school? Um, because it's, I think, very unique. Yeah, um, it is very unique, and we have a we are very privileged just situationally at my church because we're very near to Covenant College, which is a Christian liberal arts college near uh, my church at Lookout Mountain Prez. So that is just a kind of symbiotic relationship there. Um, but something I'm a middle school director, and as a middle school director, you know, it's really easy to kind of just focus. You think your job is purely middle school students. Um, mm -hmm. When really, um, while it is, is, you know, discipling and ministering to middle schoolers, um, I spend a lot of time ministering and discipling to high schoolers and college age students and adults mm -hmm. um, that they in turn can be the ones. They're the ones spending, you know, hours with their group of, you know, 10 middle schoolers in a way that I, I just physically can't do all the time. Um, mm -hmm. I can't have personal relationships with all the students. So really um, investing time um, with your volunteers, um, whoever feels called um, or gifted in uh, ministering to high school, middle schoolers, whatever your demographic, um, and really, really supporting them um, and walking alongside them, I have found to be um, very fruitful. And it takes a lot of time, <laughs> it takes years, yeah. um, start to see fruit from that typically. So um, that's a little something that I would just, um, at least I need reminding of and encouragement um, because I, I look at my calendar sometimes and I feel like oh, I'm only hanging out with high schoolers or college students when really I do, I need to be reminded that um, they're the ones ministering to middle schoolers and um, it really is an interconnected symbiotic thing. So, I mean, it's the body of Christ, right? Let's yeah. also speak, yeah. deeping and pouring into one another in different ways. So, so what would you say to a youth worker who is hearing this idea for the first time? Mm. Let's integrate intergenerationally through mm. high schoolers to middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. Maybe just your biggest tidbit of advice for doing that. Because I really like mm. the idea. And again, I think we think of intergenerational integration as adults to students, but mm. this is a, really uh, great 
idea that you're you're trying to promote mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh wow um again just my context is so i know it's unique um but i think it can be carried over in other contexts but partnering with other adults other you, you know ministry leaders um in their ministry to high schoolers um because mm -hmm. it's not necessarily my focus um so whoever is and again also if you have a college ministry or even young adult ministry partnering with them um and communicating about the families and just the people in your church and your communities and who is who do you think um is called or even has giftedness maybe that they've never even considered um volunteering youth ministry in a capacity but giving them and bringing them into the vision of um i mean what the church is supposed to look like in terms of walking alongside and mentoring our younger brothers and sisters um in christ no matter how old you are even as high schoolers and middle schoolers we try to welcome them into that into mm -hmm. that vision as well um and so partnering with other ministry leaders in your church um I would say is key and it's hard, especially I'm at a bigger, I'm at a larger church and that coordination can prove difficult um, because we're all so busy and it's really easy to just a way to cope with that busyness, to stay in your lane um, with your, you know, whether it's young adults or women's ministry, men's ministry, whatever it is. Um, but I have found that it is absolutely worth your time um, for the sake of your particular ministry to partner with um other leaders in your church, whether it's on staff or not. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, and you kind of touched on a little bit of some of the difficulties of ministry. And uh, while we have hope and it's the new fall year and yeah. you know, this hope for small groups and integrate generational integration, um, I like to keep it real. And ministry's a joy, <laughs> but it's hard. Um, yeah. So what are some things that, you don't look forward to in the fall or some things that are hard about ministry for you that you might share with uh, fellow youth pastors and youth workers? Mm. Um, well, what I do not look forward to is um, just the inevitable sense of failure, um, failing other people um, mm -hmm. that you feel. Because um, <laughs> while... Um, I mean, small group ministry for us is just one part of our ministry. We still have Sunday school and youth group and large group teaching and um, service opportunities on top of just one-on-one -on -one discipleship. Um, so all of those things together, you can't do all of them well. And there's seasons where some are more attended to than others. Um, so that's something that um, I mean, this year to be vulnerable and transparent this year for me, my, in light of having a new coworker as well that I've, you know, had to kind of put, give more attention to and um, onboard um, my, the amount of preparation I can give to my teaching um, and lessons. Yeah. And um, that's hard for me, but I do, um, I trust the Lord to use me in this season of, you know, I, <laughs> of um not having as much time and space to give to that to carry mm -hmm. me through um and um one way that in particular i again i'm i'm saying this as someone who doesn't perfectly <laughs> execute this and oh, i need good. thank you yeah um to have my i mean co-workers my boss and others encourage i mean to 
kind of confess that um, I'm failing here. I, um, whether I, it's just a feeling that I am or that I actually am mm -hmm. and help and support and encouragement and prayer um, and just um, having others that can come alongside me and lift me up before the throne um, has been um, one thing that I need to do more often, but there's been a couple moments where that has, you know, where I've hit a wall and um, my coworkers come alongside me in prayer and lifted me up and reminded me of my finitude and yeah. just the spirit ultimately that is the one at work in and through all of this. Um, yeah. So I don't know yeah. if that even answered the question. I apologize. No, that's really good. That's really good. And I appreciate sharing about that gospel transparency and you know mm. Christ we can you know we're 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 you know in a sense spiritually naked before him but mm. Jesus covers us and loves us and uh I know and is faithful to us despite our you know you know mm. shortcomings and things like that. So that's that's good. And uh just uh kind of piggybacking on some of the things that are hard or difficult or not looking forward to uh when it comes to intergenerational integration, whether it be high schoolers to middle schoolers or your adults working with high schoolers and middle schoolers, um, what are some difficulties or hard things about implementing that and maintaining that and persevering in that in uh, your ministry uh -huh. and in youth ministry, hey, what are some things you have to do and are, are difficult about that? You know, uh, you know yeah, you don't want, you know, don't come out consistently. Teenagers, I don't know, you know, high schoolers who bad examples. I'm just, you know, yes, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, there is that. I mean, you you named one of them, and that is, um, high schoolers are high schoolers, so yeah. you know, 16, 17 year old boys and girls, um. However, um, yeah, so there's there's always um, some students who it we do almost view more of a discipleship opportunity for them, less a, you know, follow their example in everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something that we try to, you know, be ahead on. A, high schoolers are never the ones solely in charge. There's always an adult there. But B, there is a, um, and we try to structure this for sure on the front end, but readdress it throughout the year. And that is, um, we're all broken people. And that is. Um, not that we don't hold standards to certain things, um, and we address those as they come, but, um, yeah, so there is definitely the, um, you know, the hard conversation with high schoolers, um, and even college students as they, you know, grow in their own faith and wrestle with their own struggles. Um, but I would say another challenge, a significant challenge for, um, trying to pursue the intergenerational integration with our ministry, especially small group ministry is, um, simply just, time um and that is yeah. already so busy especially i mean everyone i mean i was gonna say especially adults but students too and so yeah. um we we want i mean ourselves like, like me myself as a youth director um we're pouring so much into these ministries where we are the ones pouring out into students as yeah. it should um and it we're a part of the church and we're um giving to the church and in a sense receiving right just through engaging through word and ministry and fellowship but there is that reality where we're not as much being poured into and mm -hmm. um we all have other you know especially volunteers they have their jobs their families their own kids whatever um where it's just difficult to get consistency um because 
as a staff person, I want to give grace for them. Um, and that is, we appreciate any time you can give. This isn't, yeah. um, but at the same time, like our ministry does suffer <laughs> with lack of consistency from adults. Yeah. Is that, that tightrope of wanting to extend grace as, and encourage rest, especially as a church, you want to give space for resting in the Lord while at the same time, there is real work that needs to be done. And yeah. Yeah. so how to call them to that, um, in just the midst of bit insane busyness with all other responsive good callings that the Lord has put in our lives. Um, so I would say that's the number one challenge, um, that we're, we're always going to be working through. <laughs> and, and I appreciate your grace and, you know, love for your volunteers, understanding, mm. compassionate to their busyness and schedules and things like that. And, you know, we want them to serve and, be fruitful, but yeah, we do understand also they have lives and things like that. And I probably was not a great at training my volunteers, even doing youth ministry for 30 years um, at one church. But uh, is there any kind of uh, training or minimum requirements or meetings that you do that you might be able to share with others? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Um, we we always have a couple mandatory meetings. Um, mm-hmm. The beginning of our year is August, September, being in the school year. We try mm-hmm. to follow that. Um, and I mean, it's they go through extensive training, um, including a pretty extensive child protection policy and yeah. um, just mm-hmm. and anyway, some of the we do have you know requirements, um, and that is for our ministry in particular, we have. Um, youth group, weekly youth group, weekly Sunday school, weekly small groups, on top of just kind of monthly annual events. Yeah. So we ask that um, they commit, well, small groups, if they're being a small group leader, they have to commit to weekly. And if they can't make that work, then we, you know, we thank them for their willingness, but encourage them to volunteer elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so that is just absolutely um We're very committed to that. Um, and then they understand and we give them a vision um, to articulate why why we think that way and structure things that way um but with sunny school youth group events we ask that they commit to two of the three um mm. actually this year we just just kidding this year we shifted just one of the three okay. uh, we're, how that plays out because last year we did two of the three and we you know the feedback we got from our volunteers at the end of the year was like that was a lot so we asked them to commit to one of those three and they i mean they have to turn because of the you can't, not anyone can just volunteer. We have a pretty substantial process for that, um, mainly for child protection purposes. Um, so they're, they're very aware of, I mean, and through that whole training process, they go through an interview and background check and these trainings, they're aware of the commitment um, that we expect from them. Um, though it is, once they're in, like it is full of grace and, and it comes with personal relationships with me and my other um, other staff Um that that does make it we're able to have it's we handle it case by case depending on their life situation yeah. no. that's how yeah. we started off and throughout the year yeah. um is those base expectations no that's good that's good so emmy you have a lot going on teaching at covenant college um helping out with the presbyterian church in america's next gen training and then you're full-time at your church um so when it comes to hope and even persevering in ministry. Um, one of the last questions I have is, how do you keep going in ministry and keep persevering 
Like what are some short-term or even long-term keys to persevering for you in ministry? Yeah. 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 Thank you for that question. So important. <laughs> um, short-term, um, a couple things um, that I, that I, lean on um one is just absolutely um prioritized time um, by myself in the word and prayer um and every week um i try to do that daily but it's you know in smaller doses and just maybe it's just my personality but i need extensive (laughs) chunks of time um to just Mm -hmm. be fit and that looks different every time depending on um I think needs, but just being filled, whether that's reading the word or, I mean, even listening to lectures, honestly, and podcasts is very life-giving for me. Um, and a part of that too, um, in addition to that weekly, just fellowshipping with, um, peers or those older than me who, um, pour into me (laughs) and pray for me. (laughs) Um, I try to do that weekly. It's, it's inconsistent, but, and my boss, Aaron Tolson, he's our youth pastor as someone who I meet with weekly, who I'm able to, um, be fully transparent with, um, and be very much poured into and prayed over. And that works out well in light of, um, a lot of things I can talk more freely about my ministry in particular, obviously a lot of the things that I deal with are confidential in nature. So, um, those are some prioritized weekly rhythms that, um, I'm not always consistent at, but I try to prioritize. Yeah. And then long-term, I mean, to be transparent, I'm, still figuring out um i'm yeah. still working i've tried different things um but um i definitely yeah um for me it's absolutely is just um fellowship with um just close friends who know me very deeply and intimately and point me to jesus and um that's something that just in ministry you're um, you're doing constantly for others and you're not in a position to do that. Um, so you, it's just, I found it imperative to have others that I can be ministered. Yeah. Um, to. so, um, easier said than done though. <laughs> yeah, no. And I appreciate Emmy saying you're figuring it out still, you know, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though we believe in the gospel and have hope in it, you know, persevering in ministry means sometimes we're figuring it out and, you know, in our sanctification, it takes time. And, you know, and mm-hmm. as life rhythms change, we mm-hmm. figure it out. So I appreciate that uh, honesty and transparency there. I mean, it's been really great just hearing some uh, ideas about intergenerational integration, the idea of high schoolers to middle schoolers. And again, just your um, honesty and authenticity about a lot of things. And so... Mm-hmm. I appreciate your time today and uh, helping us and our listeners just really grow in the gospel and uh, think about especially intergenerational integration and hope and perseverance in ministry. So all of us, uh, we uh, just want to encourage our listeners that we may embrace the hope and joy of the gospel and believe that it's true, powerful, and transformative. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next time. If you're new to youth ministry and love our free resources like our articles and podcasts, it may be time to try out our gospel-centered inductive Bible study curriculum for teenagers. 
If you don't know how to start, tired of creating your own curriculum, or you're just curious about what other youth ministers are finding helpful, we have developed a whole community and platform of resources just for you. Rooted Reservoir has all you need to lead your students through inductive Bible study with over 24 books of the Bible already available and more added each year. Our newest curriculum plans are a 31-week study on Luke and Acts and a 26-lesson study on First and Second Kings. Try it for free and join the several thousands of youth pastors who have downloaded our free Philippians curriculum, or go ahead and sign up for your yearly membership to access a full year of curriculum, four different youth ministry training courses, and over 200 teaching illustrations to help you as you plan each week. Visit RootedMinistry.com and head to the curriculum page for more information. RootedMinistry.com